Hey, 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 here we are. I fixed it. Last week we had a problem and, and I was able to find it today and fix it. I'm Tom Young. We're here to change your financial future, to teach you the secrets to success, to financial success, to personal success, to business success. I've been at this for 48 years. I've had two businesses. The first one was an auto body shop I had for three and a half years, sold it and, and floundered for a few months and, and uh, ended up in the financial service business, which I have now been in for 48 years. I have clients that have are a testament. Uh, you can go to my website, www.1stconsultancing.com. There is a whole host of testimonials there and information and education. Uh, I have a very, very unique approach to the financial world that I believe works better than any other approach to the financial world to provide you more security, more peace of mind, more sleep insurance, as I call it. We start every presentation with prayers for everybody in the world has been touched by this COVID virus out of the Wuhan lab in China. It is owned by the CCP. There is a continuing contradiction of information about this whole situation that happened starting back in December of 2019. And here we are today. And all of a sudden we're having camera problems. So there we are, we're back again. All right, so we're gonna have camera problems today maybe. So anyway, our prayers go out for those who have had their health impaired, have lost loved ones, and especially prayers for the loved ones who have been lost, as the Lord would gather them into his arms and take them off to his kingdom of heaven above. Our prayers go out to Ukraine and Russia that these men would somehow find their way to peace and stop the destruction and killing, and especially Israel, God's people, the Jewish population that literally stretches around the world. May God have mercy on those that are doing bad things. In Jesus' name we pray. You know, here we are. Quote for the day. We, ha we have a new quotee, I think, in, 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 in my book that I use. Eleanor Roosevelt. Eleanor Roosevelt was the United Nations diplomat humanitarian and wife of Franklin D. Roosevelt. During her 12 years as first lady, 12 years, he's the only man in history that had three presidential terms. The unprecedented breadth of her activities and advocacy of her liberal causes made her nearly as controversial a figure, a figure as her husband. Roosevelt instituted regular White House press conferences for women correspondents for the first time. In a deference to the president's illness, she helped serve as the eyes and ears throughout the nation, embarking on extensive tours around the country. She showed particular interest in such humanitarian concerns as child welfare, slum clearance projects, and equal rights. The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Here we are, we're talking about dreams again. And, and you know, I've talked about this so often, you know, people go through life and, and they, like a, like a pinball machine, you know, they shoot the ball and it goes up and it bangs around and 
picks up and draws and uh, runs up points and then it eventually goes down the hole. It's sort of like we all live our lives that way. For a while, things are going well, and, and then all of a sudden, a challenge comes along and turns our world upside down. I decided it was appropriate today, since we're working on goals for the year, and how do I take my future and make it bigger? Aren't we all hoping and believing in and dreaming of a better future for our children and our children's children? That has always been the makeup of the past, is I want a better future for my children. So with that, that's where I come in with my, my cause in life, is to help people find that purpose to help them see their own possibilities that we all have. It lies inside each and every one of us. If I think back 48 years ago, when I started door-to-door -door selling life insurance policies for Prudential Life Insurance Company, and I did that my first year, I led the office. There were 60 agents in the office. I became the number one agent. That didn't make me special at that time. All I know is that I worked every day, I worked every night and every Saturday just about. I worked harder than everybody else. At the end of that year, they made me a sales manager. So now I had seven people on a staff, seven gentlemen on my staff, and it was my job to grow their production to the best it could be. So again, my work ethic was I would work every night. I would be out on Monday night, I would be with Bob, on Tuesday night with John, Wednesday I'd be with Joe and so on and so forth. And Saturday I would be with whoever wanted to work on Saturday because they wanted more. And I took a staff that ranked 88 out of 95 staffs. And at the end of the year, we were 12th in the region. I qualified for the conference and, and, and whatever. But what I came to realize, I made a lot of money for the other folks that worked on my staff. And the thing that angered me the most, I guess you could say anger, was I worked every night of the week with one of them, but not one of them worked another night of the week by themselves. So I made them a lot of money and they were, they were lazy, this thing right here. They were lazy. And so at the end of that year, I resigned the position, went back to being an agent, and I went to work. I worked every day, every night, every Saturday, and at the end of the year, I led the office. 60-man office. I was, in fact, I was 84 in the company out of 25,000 agents. I ranked 84 in the company. Now, that isn't anything but a, but a testimonial to the work that it took to do that. My goal wasn't to be 84 in the company. Maybe it was at that time, because in the early days, you went out and worked for the rewards. But after a number of years, that sort of got old. And then eventually, I worked for my clients. My clients take care of me. They refer people to me. And, and I have had a wonderful, wonderful life and a great lifestyle that I still have today. And I will continue to do what I do 
every day of my life as long as the Lord allows me to have the sense of mind between my ears and the physical ability to do what I do because I basically love serving people. I can tell you story after story of people that I have watched their lives change because they simply implanted the discipline of the things that I suggested that they should be doing. And today I just want to take a few minutes. I have this list. Signs you might be on your way to financial ruin. So these are a list of things we're going to talk about today that you shouldn't be doing. And, and if you fit these circumstances, you, you need to make changes as quickly as possible to whatever you are doing. Okay, so we're going to go through this list. You cannot tell me how much you owe without looking it up. Ah, there's a question. In other words, I meet with people all the time and they come in the first time they come, they bring with them a questionnaire. This questionnaire asks them all of their personal, their financial information. And then when we get together, I ask them a lot of how, what, who, where, when, and why questions. Why do you do that? Who told you to do that? Who told you to do it this way? And, and what do you think you should be doing differently? And on and on and on. So I go through all this questioning of what they're doing. And, and, and it's amazing even they sit down at home and they fill out this form and many, many times they don't know what interest the loan is charging them. They don't know what the terms of the loans are or the credit cards. You know, what interest is your credit card charging you? Well, I, I really don't know. You, you need to put those things in your mind. If you don't look those up, know what they are, you're never going to be able to get yourself out of debt, out of those problems. You can, but you do not pay off your credit card balance every month. You carry a balance ongoing on your credit card. And that simply means that you bought something that you could not pay for out of 30 days of income, which means you have now committed income you haven't even earned yet to pay for something that'll probably be worn out or already thrown away and you'll still owe money on it and you're still paying for it. Again, buying something that you can't pay for out of 30 days of income means you have committed income you have not even earned yet to pay for it. So you're leveraging your future income, your future lifestyle. And so many times I find people they are at war with themselves. Their current lifestyle, I want it now, is at war with their future lifestyle. And that simply means they don't practice delayed gratification. In other words, I know I want to be able to retire someday. I know it's going to take a lot of money to do that, but I'm unwilling to save today. I, I want it today. Oh, I, I saved 10%. Well, there's a fallacy because the financial world for decades has always said, you just only got to save 10% of your annual income. That is a lie. It has been a lie, is a lie, always will be a lie because 10% of your gross income in savings will not give you enough money in the future to maintain your lifestyle. 
And sometimes somebody, well, gee, you can make eight, 10 or 12%. I've never met anybody that consistently over a long period of time, decades, made eight or better or seven or better or six or better compound annual rate of return without losses. Because that's the way the market is. You need a higher credit limit for purchases other than business expenses. Ooh, that's a good one. You need a higher credit limit for purchases other than business expenses. Now, what I, business expenses is business. I, I have a personal life and I have a business. My personal life, I have a mortgage there on my house. I have a 30-year fixed rate mortgage at three and a quarter percent interest that it would be foolish for me to take my assets, my money, and pay that off to make the bank well. We would not have any benefit for me in giving the bank all of that money. It isn't going to change the value of my home, nor is it going to put any leverage or anything in my pocket. And you know, inflation is killing the bank because that 30-year mortgage, I don't know, I'm in about the 15th year. And, and the government, the government says, we have averaged around 3% since the beginning, last 30 plus years. So that means that last payment, that 360th month payment, that final payment on my mortgage, that dollar that I pay the bank will only be worth 30 cents on the dollar to the bank. Now, the other good side of that is it will be easy for me to pay because I will have made more and more money along the way. I have to make more money simply because inflation works that way. Even if I'm not getting ahead because of inflation, I'm making more money. So as a percentage of my income going to that mortgage payment, a smaller and smaller percentage of my income is going to pay that mortgage payment simply based on the value of money. And I still get a tax benefit on the interest that I am paying the bank for that money. That's that old discussion that a 15-year mortgage is better than a 30-year mortgage. Uh, that too. That is, a, that is a correct statement when they say, oh, you'll pay less interest. That's true. But a mortgage is macroeconomic. It isn't microeconomic. So just because you pay less interest doesn't take away the tax benefits or the time value of money. That, that, inf uh, that inflation cost, the devaluing of the money in future payments. You end up with more money. Even if you save the difference between a 15-year payment and a 30-year payment, in 15 years, you would most likely have enough money to pay the 30-year mortgage off, but you would have had use and access to that capital for the first 15 years. The secret of all secrets is having access to capital that isn't doesn't carry a penalty or the government permission, et cetera, with it, having access to capital. Number four, and, and I've got 35 of these on my list. We're only gonna do a few today. You have more than one credit card for personal and one for business. <laughs> How many credit cards do you have in your pocket for personal or for business? If you have more than one, there's a chance you're in trouble and you're headed for financial ruin. Now, I'm gonna stop there and we're gonna come back and we're gonna continue this journey and talking about, because I wanna make sure that if I have the power
to give you enough information in 2024 to help you prevent financial ruin in your life. Get my book, The Family Money Farm, The CFO Project. There it is going across the screen. You can get it by going to cfo-project.com. Put in your name and email address. You'll get an email with a link in it. Cover to cover, free download of that book, plus a bonus book, Financial Mastery Coaching, The Blueprint. God bless you all. We'll see you here in a couple of days. It's January. The days are getting a minute or two longer every day. So 60 days from now, pretty close, we'll be at springtime and, and the winter will be gone again. We're going to hit 55 or 60 degrees this week. So God bless you all. Have a great, wonderful day. I'll see you here again in a couple of days.